0: from history, and from the Word of God. Welcome to the Sabrook Meeting House, an audio production of Sabrook Ministries.
1: Will you take your Bibles, please, and let me read to you from the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 2, and the opening verses you there with me let's share together in the Word of God Acts chapter 2 verse 1 the Bible says when the day of Pentecost had fully come they were all with one accord in one place and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them forked tongues as of fire and sat on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. Such an important place in the Bible. Helping us to understand about the Holy Spirit. Helping us to understand about how the Spirit operates. And indeed, I believe, how we should understand that disputed word, the baptism of the Spirit. So will you come to me, please, and come with me and consider this word of God? I expect if somebody asked, what happened on the day of Pentecost? The answer would come as a sort of summary, the Holy Spirit came and they spoke with tongues. But when we read these verses carefully and slowly, indeed, may I say much of our Bible reading is far too quick. We don't pause over the individual items we're reading. If we read this verse carefully and slowly we find actually that on the day of Pentecost four things happened, not one. The first thing that happened I think is surprising. There came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled the house where they were sitting. The first move of the Holy Spirit was not to the people, but to the place. The Holy Spirit came where they were. He filled the house where they were sitting. Marking, beloved, marking an important step and stage in the purposes of God. Just as on the cross, Jesus died once for all for our sins. So on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came once and for all to be in this world and to be alongside us. Not of course that he wasn't here before, but that this was the spectacular dawn of a new time with the Holy Spirit. He's here and we can assume it and rely upon it. He is, in fact, the spirit alongside. You remember what Jesus called him? The comforter, the old translation said, and I love that. New translations are much more vinegary. The counselor, I don't like that. I don't need a counselor, I do need a comforter. But actually the Greek word is paraclete, the word who is the one who has been called alongside. That is to say, called by the Father to be alongside those whom Jesus has saved. We can, of course, call upon him for help, but this is far more important. He has been called by the Father to be alongside us, and we may sensitively assume his presence he is the spirit alongside but then we read secondly that the spirit rested down upon each one of them visibly as the forked tongues of fire but he came and rested or sat upon each one of them and that speaks to him of speaks of him as the resident spirit, resident with me. The spirit who comes, as other scriptures say, and lives in my heart. The resident, resting spirit. Jesus said, he is with you and he shall be in you. He is with me and he shall be in me, according to the Pentecost. Promise. He is the residential spirit, and when he comes, he brings with him all the blessings of God in Christ to be available for me. Then thirdly, as we read on, it says they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And that in the scripture is a distinct exercise of the Spirit. It is episodic. He comes from time to time. With special enablings. We might long to be filled with the Spirit constantly and indeed in Ephesians we are told to pray so, but in actual experienced fact the Spirit comes as and when he wills to enable us for particular tasks. Peter in the Acts of the Apostles was filled with the Spirit three times that is to do today to do that is to say to do particular things in the work and kingdom of god the filling of the spirit something for which we should pray something which we should expect and something on which we should rely as we go into any particular work of god that the holy spirit will be there as the enabling spirit not necessarily a matter of feeling before the jewish authorities i can well believe that peter said to john on their way home i wish i'd held my mouth and you'd spoken and john said oh no you are filled with the spirit maybe he didn't know but the holy spirit was there as the enabling spirit and then the fourth thing is this they 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 spoke with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. He is the gifting spirit. And according to Scripture, he doesn't give the gift of tongues to everybody. He gives gifts, says Paul in 1 Corinthians 14, as he wills and for the greater good. He keeps this exercise in his sovereign hands, giving to this one this gift. To that one that gift but he is the gifting spirit oh beloved don't get obsessed with what your gift is leave it to him he will see to it that you do the work of god in the power of god according to the will of god leave it to him he gives gifts as he will and the particular pentecostal gift that he gave that day was the gift of intelligible utterance to a mixed group of people, so that he was, they were able to speak each one in the appropriate language to make intelligible, as the old translations used to say, the wonderful works of God. I suppose we should ask the question, which of these four is the baptism of the Spirit? Well, obviously not the first, where he comes to the place, because whatever else about baptism, it must touch people. He is the Spirit there all the time. Well then, is it the filling of the Spirit? No, says the Bible. That's another distinct exercise, to be filled with the Spirit as and when. The enabling Spirit. Is it the gift of tongues? No. That's the gifting spirit. He gives gifts as he will. It's the one we've left out. He came and sat upon each one of them, he rested down. He is the resident spirit. That's the only one that can be called the baptism of the spirit. And it's the portion of every believing Christian as and when and because. He is a believer. The Holy Spirit is resident in our hearts. Dear ones, may God richly bless you as you consider these truths.
0: Thank you for joining us this week at the Saybrook Meeting House. We hope you've been blessed by today's podcast. Saybrook Ministries' mission is to provide didactic and devotional content from the Christian faith delivered to the saints, recovered and refined by the Protestant Reformation. Be sure to visit saybrookministries.org for continually updated Christian content designed to inspire and invigorate our imagination and intellect. Join us next week for another journey to the Saybrook Meeting House. Until then, may God bless you.